0: This is a Burlington Free Press podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of After the Whistle, a sports podcast from the Burlington Free Press. I'm staff writer Austin Danforth. It's once again uh, late here on uh, on Bank Street. We're in the wee hours of Tuesday morning, after a deadline on Monday night. And Alex Abrami, have you got the ringing out of your ears from Patrick Jim last night? Yeah, I have. Or was but, it tonight? It's still it's tonight. tonight. Well, we're past midnight now here. But it's the same same day rule is in effect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. But okay.
1: no, great atmosphere
0: over Patrick Jim sold out for the fourth straight game, and, and the Cats advancing to the America East Championship game in in blowout fashion.
1: Yeah, and w- so we're going to get to that first. Uh, also coming up, we have uh, some stuff on UVM hockey, uh, some D3 playoff stuff uh, in, in the college ranks, and then uh, run the gamut of high school uh, p- winter playoffs, basketball, hockey, and then uh, the last thing released was today uh girls basketball playoff pairings came out uh this morning uh so no days off no day as bill Bill belichick (laughs) it's almost like he's cracking the whip behind our backs (laughs) here (laughs) when when what's a day off how do you spell that uh but yeah so alex let's jump right in because we're gonna have to you know maybe speak time and a half to get everything in there because there's so much going on right now just chock full of playoffs
0: yeah so we'll start with UVM and the Catamounts getting to their their 10th America East championship game since 2003, second straight. And just an unbelievable performance tonight, especially out of freshman Anthony Lamb, goes for 24 points, hits six threes, four coming in the first half. Just one way after the other, top of the key, rise and fire, flick the wrist, and he and they were, I mean, splash, right? Heat,
1: heat check after heat check. Yeah,
0: and, and I mean, UNH – Kind of left him out there because I mean why not I mean the guy he's come on of late in terms of hitting some threes in the second half of league play and, and um and stuff like that but no one would have thought six yeah with, no for the oh, six foot five two hundred twenty
1: seven pound forward no um, but uh, let's in in fairness my question as we got as unh got doubled up there early in the second half did the wildcats lose the page of the scouting report on Anthony Lamb. Did they remember? Did they think no, he wasn't I mean, going to play? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> no, <they but laughs> Bill, Bill Harry and the UNH
0: coach said in the in the uh, presser that we expected him to hurt us inside. Like that's what we wanted to try to limit him was the inside production that he's been, um, you know, he's been coming on of late. Um, but he just hung out on the wing and top of the key, and you know, he get a kick out or they do a high screen, and then they just let him. He let it rip, and, yeah. and they were going in.
1: It was fun to watch.
0: I mean. Yeah, it, it was fun to watch, and then the final score 74-41, second straight game they only allowed forty one points, so in the two playoff games forty one that's that's some good defense, and that's where everything starts for UVM where you have Lamb plays great defense, Kurt Stidle, it will single him out because he really kind of shut down Daniel Dion. Dion had seven threes in their last meeting, and right? He kind of yeah. he kind of rose to the occasion, and it's a, as Becker said in the post game, it's a this is a team defense of team defensive effort. But clearly, Steidl had an impact on limiting Dion. He basically had no looks. I mean, he he hosted 1-3, but it was late, I think, the last minute of the game. Other than that, like, he didn't get any looks at the basket from the outside.
1: Yeah, I think it was early second half, mid-second half before I had to start focusing on other things here in the newsroom. But I think Bernie Saplicki was saying, like, Dion still no threes Leisner had put up his fourth and it didn't go or something like that and it was like wow they are really really out of sorts.
0: Yeah they were out of sorts from the opening tip they missed the first four or five layups so they, some of that was a little bit unlucky because some of them a few of those were, were rim outs or whatever they kind of halfway down and and then UVM grabbed the rebound and then they're off they went so unlucky at the start but clearly UVM was locked in defensively and uh, I think UNH must have started was a 1 of 14 and then 14 of 50 overall from the field at some yeah. point in the second half when the league grew to 50 to 24 lamb had the same amount of points as unh and then had hit more field
1: goals at that point that's my favorite thing about basketball <laughs> when someone's having such a good night you can compare them to the other team yeah but that shouldn't happen <laughs> no it he, shouldn't. no matter how
0: good lamb was tonight he he should not have been it should have been 24 all.
1: Lamb versus UNH with 15 to go in the game. Yeah, and then the Catamounts were holding a 26 nothing lead after that game was, yeah, taken into account. Uh, and so UVM they advance to Saturday's final, 11 a.m. ESPN two. Uh, we know I'll have to wake up early because they're going to be hosting uh, their arch nemesis, Albany Great Danes, who knocked off uh, number two Stony Brook also tonight.
0: Yeah, it's gonna we're gonna bring this up all week, um, but Albany has owned UVM in the conference tournament. Yeah, and you know you know you only have to go back three years when they knocked off the fifteen and one UVM you know senior heavy team in Albany uh, as the uh, U, Albany was the four seed, UVM was the top seed of course, and then they and Albany knocked them off in the uh, in the semis. The year before that, they beat them here at Patrick Jim in the final. Yeah. And you can go back as far as 07 and then even 06, even though 06 doesn't really count as much because it was a – UVM was the youngest roster in the nation and they made that um, unlikely run to the final. Yeah. But still, like, Albany has has own UVM in the, um, in the conference tournament, and that's going to be, you know –
1: The uh, overarching – one of the two overarching yeah, storylines.
0: Yeah, Will Brown has come here and they've
1: won, so, like – How's he gonna junk it up?
0: Yeah, <laughs> all, all that stuff. So, and I'm sure UVM fans are gonna be pretty nervous about this one, having giving the option of Albany or Stony Brook. I'm sure fan, UVM fans would have rather seen Stony Brook. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I look at it this way, from this perspective that this team has been on such a run this year. It's such a historic season. Why not finish it off by beating Albany? Yeah, like the I, one team yeah. that they they haven't been able like this group really hasn't had that. Um, that match up that that opportunity against Albany in the conference tournament, but just historically speaking, right? Um, for the program to kind of like just end these these demons against Albany in, in the in the conference tournament.
1: Yeah, and so this is obviously the uh, the annual championship Saturday of championship week, the the, the brunch time contest uh, on ESPN two. Your early prediction, Alex. What do you think in this game is going to look like? Well, like like you said,
0: Albany's going to try to slow it down a lot because that favors them. But I don't think Albany has the bigs uh, to match UVM's bigs in terms of offensive production and, and even toughness. We've seen UVM be a much tougher team this year against Stony Brook, against Albany, against UNH tonight, completely out tough UNH. So I give the edge there. I think the backcourt of Joe Cremo and um, David Nichols that's pretty dangerous one, too. We mm-hmm. saw what Nichols did here a, f- a couple weeks ago. He had four threes in the second half, kind of was really their only offense. And Joe Cremo is a, is a first-team guy. And then Nichols went off for 40 uh, in the quarterfinals. Right. So, like, th- th- they have two guys who can score, who can create their own shot. Uh, but I still think, again, we go back to Vermont's depth, I think it's just too much. They're going to be here. They're going to have the crowd support. It's just they can't fall behind early. And and they can't be sluggish offensively.
1: Yeah, and what we were talking about uh, over the weekend, UVM, this team specifically, and it's easy to say when they have twenty wins under their belt in a row, but all of the things they do well aren't fluky. You know, sort of like depends on the day things. Like you don't shoot fifty percent from the field for a season because you have like a seventy percent game. They don't rely on the three ball. It's actually one of maybe the weaker parts of their offense. And the defense that they have been getting increasingly good at all season, uh, it's not like a sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not thing. The, they've won 20 games in a row now because they do all these things all the time.
0: They do. And, they, and the last couple press conferences, they've talked about the idea of playing even better. Not reaching their full potential yet, and that's kind of scary. When you've won twenty in a row and you held opponents to forty-one points apiece in, in the playoff game so far, and you're still trying to reach for something higher, and I think it, it all goes back to losing to Stony Brook last year in the final, having that double-digit lead kind of melt away, and and they kind of melted under the pressure. You could talk about the fouls, but like, I mean, they coughed up a lead, yeah, and, and they and they couldn't win. Um, in a hostile environment so it all goes back to that game that they're so driven and motivated and that's it sounds cliched a little bit and and parts of it is but like i mean this group believes that and and they're playing like that they, they they're so focused right now that i don't think it i don't think it matters as much in terms of all the outside noise and and and, and the winning streak and and yeah like now they they're 28 wins and that's I saw this in the I didn't fit this in the game story but in, in the UVM press release I guess 28 wins is the most for America East program in the regular season wow um, and that's over 38 seasons so like like they're kind of blocking all that stuff out and they're kind of focusing on one thing and that's to get to um, the NCAA tournament and
1: they definitely didn't notice you may be trying to pick up Bob Ryan off the waiver wire for a new wingman. He was at Patrick Jim today where they weren't fazed by, you know, one of the Titans of basketball writing of all time being in Patrick Jim again. I'll
0: still take you by my side. Oh, geez.
1: <laughs> jeez. <laughs> and, and I guess before we switch gears away from, uh, UVM basketball, I got to give you the headline writing award tonight. Uh, folks will find it on uh, page 17 a of Tuesday's free press, uh, the headline for tonight's basketball game story: No silencing Lamb.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you could do Writes f- itself. a few. Yeah, it writes itself. Yeah. You could do a few variations of that, and we've kind of held back. We've kind of held back on. You on, can donate the winnings to charity. Stuff. Yeah, it's okay.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was uh, UVM basketball. We'll have more on that next week, uh, potentially talking NCAA tournament or, you know, a, a chance missed uh, once again against Albany. Uh, UVM hockey. They're still in it. The men are still in it. The women lost a valiant, valiant effort against uh, the top seed BC in the semis last weekend, went to double overtime before falling four to three. The men have to deal with BC as well. And the latest I've heard from from campus is that potentially UVM with the pairwise as it is, uh, I think they're 15th and BC is actually 18th. If if UVM manages to win the series and get to the semis, they should stand a really good chance of making the NCAA's.
0: Wow, that'd be uh, that'd be something because, not that long ago, we thought that was not, not in the cards. Right, and it, 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 unless they made
1: a, a it, championship run. Right, but it, the the latest I heard from uh, from on campus was that that might be the case. It and again, that all depends on if you get uh, teams from other conferences crashing, you know, un- unexpected championship mm-hmm. runs there, then that can that can all change in an instant. But. If things hold the way they are currently, that could be the, the, the deck of cards for UVM men. Uh, and, Alex, we got a whole potpourri of Division three college action going on in the NCAA tournament this week.
0: Yeah. Um, down at Norwich, the men and women's hockey team, they're playing in the NCAA tournament, Division three. The Norwich men, despite being the number one team in the country for the past month— And, and the number one team in the region. And the re- in the region— and having not lost since before Thanksgiving, wow, <laughs> they do not get a bye in the first round. What do you got to do? I, don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I I think it comes down, like, from what I was hearing today uh, from some some of the TV guys and from George Como on his Facebook page, kind of ranting and raving about, like, they, they got... They got hosed. They got hosed. I mean, no way to put it. But I think it came down to money and travel and stuff like that for the West yeah. teams. But still, I mean... I don't know what you can I mean Norwich not like Norwich doesn't have a history. They they got a few national titles. They they holding it against them that they missed out last year. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. <laughs> but anyway, so like so the and then the women are also playing. They're playing at Middlebury.
1: Right. Right.
0: And then, and then we still have some more college er, colleges around. We Keep got NCAA
1: well. tournament is coming to Vermont again yeah. for the second weekend in a row. Uh Middlebury Panthers are hosting, I believe the uh the regional final now. Or is it the section? I get I get a mix. I don't up.
0: know. It, it's a Sweet Sixteen. Sweet Sixteen and Elite yeah. Eight round. Yeah. Uh,
1: they, I believe it's Friday night, seven thirty. Yeah. Good chance we'll be there. One of us. Uh, they host Endicott, one of the three teams to beat them this year. Do you know who's on the Endicott team? I do. Yeah. We have Vermont-born sharpshooters on both teams. <laughs> uh, Middlebury, of course, has Matt Amore of Massiscoy, and Endicott. Uh, one of their players is Joey Shahadi. A uh, former Burlington Free Press first teamer from Burr and Burton, uh, and I believe that game when they played in the regular season it was like ninety three to eighty nine.
0: Yeah, expect what, another high scoring. Affair. Yeah, I the think way, for, the way Middlebury plays up tempo. First and,
1: one to ninety wins. Yeah, that's going to be
0: fun. But let's let's appreciate Sainamore for a second. Okay, because the guy he pumped in thirty points in the um, in the section final or whatever it was. I guess the the second round game.
1: Yeah, round of thirty two.
0: Round of 32, his accomplishments as a uh, Vermont native, it, that's got to rank up there. Oh, yeah. You know, with Coppenrath, with Clancy Rugg, with um, um, Todd Roberts from Fairhaven. At St. Mike's, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's put up quite the, uh, the resume at, at Middlebury College. He's the pillar of
1: that team. And yeah, I mean, he makes them go. And he, I mean, he's the uh, career three point leader for Middlebury College. Uh, that happened in the last game he's the single season scoring leader Uh, that happened in the last game conference player of the year conference player year. he's probably I mean if he's not going to be first team all-american in d3 probably second team something like that yeah Um, and you know he could maybe he just drives this team to the uh the final four we we'll find out Um, what's
0: good about this this team though is that they are balanced too like he drives the the bus but like they're pretty balanced in the front court and the back court. Yeah. And it's a fun team to watch. And as um, Coach Tom Brennan pointed out to me the other day, this is before UVM won um, over UNH, is combined 30 straight wins for Mid and UVM. That's pretty which cool.
1: Which is now, now it's 31. That's pretty cool. Uh, so that's coming up this weekend. And I guess on that, we'll take a quick break from the college stuff, come back, and hit you with all the high school action. Okay, and we're back, uh, Alex, and it's time to talk about one of our favorite nights on the uh, the sports calendar, the Division One boys basketball Final Four at Patrick Gym.
0: Yeah, always a great atmosphere. Always Tuesday pretty, night, always pretty good games. Oh yeah, for the most part, um, you got good fan bases because it's usually like you know the, the bigger schools and and schools with a lot of tradition for basketball, and such is the case uh, on on Tuesday. Uh, even with Party Crasher Misisquary coming yeah. to town, because they have a v- rabbit fan base. Yep. Great place to play <laughs> up. Yep. Great great environment up at the Thunderdome. Now they're going to bring all those fans to Patrick Jim on, on Tuesday to face um,
1: CVU. And I guess we, we do have to start with Misisquary here, having beaten uh, Rice in what sounds like a pretty good wire to wire thriller uh, up in Swanton. That ended Rice's run of six straight championship game appearances. More, no, no team's done that before, according to Paul Stanfield in Division One. Uh, that's a record, and they aren't getting to number seven. And you look, I mean, by all, by all accounts, I talked to Rice coach Paul Picor after the game. It was a great win for Mississquoi. They had it. They, they what they had, did, what they have to do. And they get to go to their first Division One Final Four against another team in CVU, making its second Division One Final Four and the first one at Patrick Gym.
0: Yeah, that's uh,
1: that's crazy. When you think about it, for a school like CVU, we, and I, I could probably go through and look it up a little more. I, I might before tomorrow night's game, but trying to think of the last time two teams had never played in the D One Final at Patrick Gym. And they're playing each other. Yeah. Uh, So either whoever wins that game is going to be the first one to go to the, they're going to be going to their first Division I final, regardless on the 13th. Uh, But I caught CVU's uh, quarterfinal win over St. Jay, thinking maybe St. Jay was ripe for an upset as the eighth seed. They'd played him to within five points a couple weeks before, and CVU almost blew him out of the water in the first half. They were perfect through their first six shots, made seven of their first eight from the field, and yet it was still a six-point game at halftime. St. Jay was right there with them. Second half, Redhawks really opened it up, and they were firing on all the cylinders. They're a fun team to watch.
0: Yeah, what I like is it could be someone else on any given night. Like They seem to be pretty balanced like story's probably their leading score that's who points, everyone points looks to game yeah. but yes
1: yeah, so everyone looks to but like they got they got three or four options and that, the way they play if you want to shut out walker story they spread the floor so much that leaves a lot of space for four other very good basketball players to attack you
0: it, it's way back in december but wasn't there a game where story only had like a few points oh against, the, the, um, when they beat rice right Yeah, he
1: scored four points and, and cvu won Against Rice, like that's, and that was Rice back when they had a, a Elliot Nelson, com- yeah, complete team, yeah, yeah. So, I I, th- I think you have to give the edge to to CVU at uh, Patrick Jim, but maybe Richard Walker, the the triple double 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 machine for for Masiscoi, maybe they pull off and maybe it's a genuine Cinderella yeah. run we're looking at here.
0: Yeah, we all know know about the trend about how teams struggle to shoot at Patrick Jim. Walker doesn't need to shoot from the
1: mid range. No, you can, three, like, yeah, 6-5. You can, probably can get to the block pretty easily. Yeah, so. uh, and then the other D1 final, it's uh, defending champion BHS against number two Rutland. And we've all, we've gone through what's at stake yeah, here yeah, for the, yeah. the, Ra- yeah. the Raiders, uh, the Seahorses. How are they going to elevate their game against maybe the the most talented team in the state in Division one? That's, that's the story. Um, they split in the regular season you got to give the edge to a healthy and firing on an all cylinders Rutland team.
0: I think so. I, I think you do. I think they're just too talented. But I think Burlington has experience. Yep. They have. They know, know that gym. They know that gym. Um, they have a knack for keeping things close d- during the
1: regular season anyway. And, oh, yeah. Perennially and then, one of the most ferocious man-to-man defensive teams out yeah. there.
0: And then turning it on when it matters. I mean, Garrison, how many points he put up in the fourth 30. quarter?
1: Or 30 overall, but he had uh, a bunch tw- of th- I think 20 in, or 18 or 20 in yeah, the fourth quarter, something
0: like that, in the fourth quarter against Brett to um, kind of kind of seal that quarterfinal win up. So like, Burlington's been there; they kind of know it. So maybe that
1: that pressure is not there for them in, in the same way. Um, and probably probably not being that everyone's probably thinking Rutland's the favorite. Rutland has all the history going against them. Uh, BHS can go play, uh, but yeah. So that's D one uh d2 we had the 1st semifinal tonight fifth seed mount st joseph they upset number one mill river 47 to 40 i didn't see that one coming they played those two teams played to combine six points in the regular season uh but mill river won both games so i'm thinking that's a body of work but mount st joseph pulled it off they're going to play the winner of uh Enosburg and Fairhaven. Fairhaven knocked off number three Linden uh, uh, over the weekend. Uh, as we addressed last week, everything still at stake for Enosburg going for their first boys basketball championship. Uh, that final, whatever whoever ends up in that, three forty-five p.m. on Saturday. Uh, D three. Though that semifinals, that doubleheaders, Thursday, Thursday night. Yep. As keeping with tradition. Uh, they they give D three not only the last set of semis but the last championship game as well in the triple header on Saturday, and then D four uh, there was another classic odd thriller with uh, it was tonight you were uh, you were I, yeah I, deep I, in the throws after Jim yeah. but uh, it was uh, number one Twinfield they had to eke out a win over uh, fourth seeded Danville and Danville took the lead in the final minute. I believe it was 60 63 61 uh twinfield ended up hitting a three with 18 seconds to go to take a 65 63 lead ended up holding on to to get back to the the championship game where they lost a year ago to proctor uh, 32 to 30 and the phantoms they have arlington on wednesday night in the uh, first game of that doubleheader at the odd so uh I'm expecting more as the odd never lets you down. No, nah, no, it never that's does. That's so bankable. I yeah. think it was back when Andy Gardner was with, uh, USA today. He wrote that great sort of oh, iconic little right. nugget about, you know, more Shakespearean dramas have played out there than, you know, good playhouses in London. Sort <laughs> <of things. laughs> Something like that. I, Andy can't hold that to me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, girls hockey. Those are the first finals of the week. And there's uh, that's a double header on, Wednesday night at gutterson
0: right we have um, BFA knocked off Essex tonight mm-hmm. so Essex's reign is now over now over they were going for four in a row yep and also BFA's first win over Essex I believe in, in on its fourth try in, in the playoffs
1: yep they'd lost the last three yeah
0: always good battles you know you know, you know those two teams obviously uh, they have the tradition and everything like that they That's know each other
1: the Classico on ice yeah
0: um and then in the other half, is going to make its first ever appearance in the uh, d One Girls Hockey Final. Yep, they they um, kind of s- stunned Middlebury. Stunned today. Middlebury one nothing in Middlebury. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it a second period goal? I can't. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we have that matchup. You know, Rutland BFA. I think those teams, two teams, split during the regular season. And then in Division Two, Rice making its first ever finals appearance. After yeah. The, after the three-two overtime win over U thirty-two. And then Missisquoi beating Woodstock, and I can't...
1: Blanked them 2 nothing We're on two the road.
0: 2 okay. Uh, you know, I'll give the nod to Rice's two wins over Missisquoi during the season. They have the, is it 18 or 19 game? 19 un- 19
1: now. game unbeaten streak. Looking to finish on a 20 game unbeaten run.
0: Yep, and then um, obviously Rutland looking for their, its first title, and BFA looking for its 10th. Yeah. So, <laughs> opposite ends Haves there. and have-nots. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or BFA and anybody else. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's girls hockey. D two game that night is uh, six p.m. D one is loosely eight eight fifteen p.m. That's all dependent on the D one or the the opener being very quick and And no overtime. (laughs) No overtime. Uh, Boys hockey, we are looking at semis Tuesday night. Lots of stuff Tuesday. Jeez, we're (laughs) we're gonna be up against. Yeah, we got full. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But that's the D one semifinals. You have top seeded Spalding uh, hosting South Burlington, which won in overtime against Essex on Saturday. I was at that one. That was a great, great game, fun, end to end fast, uh, physical. And so the, the rebels, maybe they're catching lightning in a bottle here. Maybe they, they're the team to upset one of the top two. Uh, but we'll find out in the other game, which is third seeded CVU, uh, against number two, BFA at BFA Collins Perley. uh, Toby Ducalon's boys, they're looking to repeat in D1. Uh, the winner of that game, uh, th- those two winners will play the late game on Thursday at Gutterson following D2. And D2 semis, we're looking at nor- North Country at Hartford. Interesting one there. Hartford's the top seed, but they lost to North Country twice. Oof. So will their fortunes be different this time? That's That's an unusual matchup. To have the fourth seed, have two wins over the one seed.
0: Yeah, that doesn't. You don't see that happen. very no. often.
1: Uh, and then the other half of that bracket, it's number three BBA at Harwood, and the Har the Highlanders. They just got their first uh, playoff win since 2010 or 20, yeah. 2009. Yeah, when
0: you looked at stat up the other day, I was shocked by that because I know Harwood has a pretty good. They've been good. History. Yeah, yeah. They,
1: they're pretty good, consistent, exciting year in year out. Uh, but that's so that's boys hockey. And those winners will play at 6 p.m. on Thursday at Gutterson. Another one of the funnest, most fun nights at Funnest. Who who am I? Do we use words for a living? (laughs) That's poor poor form. I'm not going to take the late-night cop out. Uh, (laughs) I should really know better. But that doubleheader is usually one of the more fun nights of the year. Once you get, you know, the student sections, especially at D1, uh, that game, you get the student sections in full throat, sort of going back and forth across the ice. Yeah, and and they they fill up Gutterson, too. Yeah, that way I believe it's been close to a sellout the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh a so pack four thousand people in there. That's always a good time. And now it's time for girls basketball. Yeah. you want to take a break? You want to take no, a no, break on go. this, or are no, we no. just gonna barrel go. right through? Let's go. Okay. What's D four look like? D four. I'm start like just doing like you did to okay. me the other day.
0: You got me you got me all
1: all about here, so hold on. The people listening are just going to turn it I off i know if you can. But i got the,
0: you know i'm looking at my my ah, my primer here that i did this morning so i could do it in time before i cover the uvm game you want to make Where's more excuses yeah let's, let's make more excuses <laughs> okay um
1: i mean i know how it ends this anticipation is killing everyone isn't it? i know i know how it ends okay <laughs> well
0: i got an mvl final four okay
1: all MVL?
0: Yeah, MSJ over Arlington, West Rutland over Proctor. Wow. I don't think
1: you can go wrong with that. Crafts, it was Craftsbury and Cabot might like to say something else, but history is on your side.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure,
1: why not? But like
0: traditionally, the uh, MVL has, has owned the uh, D4 girls basketball. So, mm-hmm. and particularly MSJ going for a three-peat. And uh, I'll just ride that. So I'll go with them over their rival west side west yeah Routland. i mean
1: uh i believe MSJ's only lost once this winter yes okay and that was to windsor oh, the, the favorite in d2 yeah okay. d3 d3 sorry d3 yeah. got him mixed up with the boys yeah. uh so okay d4 you're going chalk with the uh the reigning champs what's d3 look like are you having D3. trouble with that no, too? No, no, I
0: got it right here. I got I got um <laughs> Still hemming and high. No, I got the final four oh, at Pit They are they're gonna play that there again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Decided to. Okay. Uh Windsor versus Winooski and uh Thadford versus Leland and Gray. Okay. Winooski hasn't been back since they made the uh their twenty thirteen title run. Mm-hmm. Um, behind Brianna Robert. And uh I got them I got them pegged to go back. They haven't lost to a D three opponent all season. They're eight and zero. They play a good amount of D two teams. They play Middlebury, which is D one. Yeah. So they kind of toughen it up for for them. They toughen it up the schedule uh, in the nor- in Northern Vermont. So uh, I think they make that run, and get to the Final Four, but it ends against top seeded Windsor. I think Windsor win-
1: Windsor looks tough. This
0: yeah, year. Windsor's played some great teams in D two. Some, as we already mentioned, some great teams in D four. Uh, so I got them over over Winooski and then I have uh Thetford which has been in the final the last few years with one title I think from t- two or three years ago. Yep. So Windsor Thetford and I got Windsor in a close one there 55-51. Ooh. Windsor would be Windsor's first title since 2011. Oh that's that's
1: cool. I mean and, and as we, we we're just talking about any time a a game at the odd gets down to single digits less than 5 it's it's almost it's it's a good, It's a better bet than not that it's going to happen. I mean, you just you blindfold yourself, pick yeah. a number between one and six, and there's a good chance that's how close that game's going to be. Yeah. Um. Okay. I,
0: and and then we'll go right. We'll go right to D two. D two. And it. it's a defensive stranglehold, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. It's just it's all defense in D two. Yeah. When you got the defending champ Fairhaven, you know, barely trying, barely getting over thirty. You know, Mil- or River- le- barely letting teams over letting 30, periods Or letting teams period. go over 30. You have Mil- the top seed, Mill River, is on a nice little run right now. Uh, in the north, Lamoille and Linden have been pr- pretty promising all season. They've they both had some nice winning streaks. and.
1: Yeah, I think it- Linden's definitely tried to position themselves as one of the teams to beat in yeah. D2.
0: But then Lamoille beat them late in the year like uh, with this incredible... Um, run in the last four or five minutes they were down by double digits and they came back and won the game by one. Oh wow so they've kind of emerged maybe as someone who can get there get over the top so i put down um i got mill river over u32 so i actually slid a u32 in there okay uh, another team that plays good defense
1: they played uh they beat they beat essex, essex earlier in the year yeah
0: and then Fairhaven over linden so rematch of last year's final
1: I'll give this one to the Minutemen. Okay. Thirty-three thirty. As a former Slater, I don't take that personally at all, because we don't. You, I know you. I, you, you blush a little when I pick against Rice, but yeah, only because, you know, if if it blows up in my face, you can hang it over my head. <laughs> uh, and what? So D one, it you've you've gone pretty much chalk. I. Uh, to this it, point, it was
0: it was tough not to,
1: but. D1 is probably the most wide open of the four, right?
0: Yeah, I, I, w- I would think so. I think you can go five, maybe six, probably five. I mean, you, you, right off the top you go St. Jay's one, CVU is two, Mount Anthony's three, Rice is four, BFA is five.
1: And then you throw in a team like Essex. Essex.
0: I wouldn't throw in North Country as a 6C because they play too soft of a schedule um, to be really among the the favorites. But you know. they do
1: have a double-double machine up there with Kylie Wright. Yeah, they do. Uh she's been bankable in every game. Uh but so okay, so you're taking them out of the the contending in equation. terms of if we're going to if we're yeah. going to label title contenders. Oh god, and that's a long trip to Mount Anthony too. Yeah. From
0: Newport. Yeah. Whew. But uh North Country has to contend with South Burlington and we- and they just lost to South Burlington. So. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, South Burlington's actually coming into the tournament on a bit of, bit of a roll. They beat North Country, and North Country's long winning streak, and then they beat uh, BFA 40-30 to 30 right. to end the year. Yep. Okay. So we, what do you want? You just want me to give you the final four here, or you want something a little longer?
1: Uh, where, where does it get interesting?
0: Well, right, right after, I think the most interesting quarterfinal matchup is the Rice-BFA game, rematch of last year. Okay. Yep. Um, Rice just beat BFA uh the last week or so of the season. BFA kind of stumbling towards the finish a little bit. They do have those two wins over CVU during yeah. the year. So just it's kind of an odd year where you have BFA beat um, CVU twice. CVU turns around and beats St. Jay twice. Yeah. So, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. And St. Jay, I think, swept BFA. So, like, I don't, like it doesn't...
1: St. Jay swept everybody not named
0: CVU. Right, exactly. Yeah, they were 18-2. and two. So... Okay. So it, I think that's where the parity kind of comes into play a little bit. Okay. So in that, I think that's the big quarterfinal matchup on Friday, and I and I went with Rice. I think Rice is playing a little bit better than BFA, so and they have the home court. So I'll okay, Rice over BFA. So the um, at Patrick Gym for the Final Four, Rice will be joined by, according to me, and no one else. And who? What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Joined um, by drumroll. St. Johnsbury. CVU and Mount Anthony. Okay. Then I got uh, St. Saint, Saint Jay over Rice, and I got CVU over Mount Anthony. Okay. And then in the final, no surprise, CV, CVU over St. Jay.
1: Okay. That might be surprising to some people from I, the kingdom.
0: It might be, but, I mean, in the two matchups, uh, CVU-St. Jay, CVU's kind of controlled the play, controlled the tempo. They, their defense was... Kind of flustered Saint J. They didn't make, Saint J. Didn't make many shots and CVU so balanced again. Like they, they regraduate a couple stars, a couple first teamers and miss basketball, and they still still spread the floor, still spread the scoring out. No, no. I mean, no one's over double digits. The the leading scorer Abby Thut is at nine. Wow! And then it goes down from like six seven or seven six. That's almost five, out
1: CVUing
0: CVU. Yeah, but they're doing. I mean. Um, Jamie Vashon is 50% on threes, 19 out of 38. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. – and she's hit a few big ones this year. So, I think I, – I think CVU, because even though a lot of these players are now leading the team and they're being a big pressure spot, um, like, they've, they've been there before. They're on the bench and stuff like that. You know, I, I know Marley Gunn was a big part of last year's team too, but – I think they they still have some of that experience, and they can kind of use that uh, it once once or if they get to
1: Patrick. Okay. Uh, all right, that's D one girls. You're going five Pete.
0: Yeah, that would tie Essex
1: from the nineties. From the nineties, Essex won five in a row. You're not putting you're not putting too much, or you're apparently not putting any stock, but wasn't it what year was it that Saint Jay sort of stunned the world and 20, won the champion
0: 2010 and they were like a double digit seed 11 or 12 something, something like that. that they were they still finished if i'm not mistaken they still finished the year under 500 wow i think i got, we have to go back and look that up i should okay. have looked that
1: up beforehand but okay but my point my point being we've seen i mean Saint Jay tested CVU a year ago almost put they had the 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 streak yeah. on on <laughs> Double secret jeopardy there. Yeah. Up in, uh, up in the kingdom. Up yeah. in the kingdom where they play that style that, you know, sort of ball control, three point shooting. If they get hot, they can, they're really hard to beat.
0: They are, yeah. And, and CVU has has found a way to kind of control that and take that away in both games this year. Okay. All right. You, but sound, uh, you sound like you've gone through, done your homework here. No, but, you know, I mean, St. Jay can, I, I think St. Jay might have more. Front end talent, like with um, with Sadie Stenson leading the way. Stenson
1: and uh, Josie Schwanya. Yeah,
0: like, but I think overall, you know, one through nine, one through ten, I think CVU has it, has them beat.
1: Okay, I think that about does it, Alex. What have we missed? I'm sure something. Okay, <laughs> can you live with that? Yeah, I can. Can you live with missing out on the town meeting day pizza in the newsroom tomorrow?
0: No, there'll be pizza left over when
1: we come back. Do you believe a word of that?
0: Yes, because we because Re- we've covered the Patrick Gym Final Four. It's been Tuesdays for a, for a while now, right? Oh yeah, and no, I, and yeah, it's been yeah. Town Meeting Day for a few years. So we come back because they'll order a second batch of pizzas.
1: Will they? I, I my faith is medium at best.
0: And plus, there's not going to be like uh, us sports writers. I mean, we'll steal pizza. We'll we'll down that pizza, right? I got, a feel- I got a feeling there'd be some pizza left over Okay, we won't be in the office. Okay. All I right. Mean, we're scavengers, you, uh, sports writers. You're
1: more optimistic than I am. Uh, but that does it for this week. We'll be back next week with uh, uh, recapping all the most recent high school playoff coverage uh, as well as uh, UVM's appearance in the Americas East Championship game. Catamount fans crossing their fingers going up against the Great Danes. See if they're headed to the... Uh, the dance for the sixth time in program history I'm not going to say that again because I could barely say it the first time (laughs) (laughs) but uh, folks can follow us on Twitter for all these games biggest games of the season coming up Alex is at a five and I'm at EA Danforth Uh, we'll have live updates going here during the championships coming up and uh, yeah we'll be back next year next year (laughs) next week it is getting too late yeah it is getting too late I need to go to bed We'll be back next week with more After the Whistle.